say that we would never go through the fire, did he? Huh? He never did say that, <clears throat> but he did say that he would bring us through the fire, through the, the testing. You know, the Bible says to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations and trials and tests and um, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience and um, our steadfastness, perseverance, patience. Uh, but I don't think very many of us ever, and I'm not speaking for all of us, maybe there's some that do, but how many of us always count it all joy? when we're going through the test or going through the trial or things are not going right in our life. And um, we all have that opportunity to do that. And there's a lot of times I have to ask the Lord to forgive me because I didn't count it all a joy when I was in the midst of the test or the trial. Amen. But um, I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. This is, the this is kindly a, a little post-Thanksgiving post message, okay? Because it, we all had Thanksgiving Thursday. Some folks are still having Thanksgiving tonight. And, uh, but we, 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 um, we enjoyed a day with our family. We enjoyed a day of thankfulness. We all ate uh, a, lot of, a lot of turkey and everything and different things and gave thanks. But Thanksgiving is more than just one day a year for the Christian. should be for everybody, but especially for the believer, for the child of God. And I want to read, I want to read to you tonight, and um, I'm going to talk to you just for a little bit about perpetual thanksgiving. Not thanksgiving just one day a year or one day a week, but perpetual thanksgiving. A thanksgiving, and of course the word perpetual means it's something that's ceaseless, something that's enduring. But in the uh, book of 1 Thessalonians tonight, if you have your Bibles, go with me there. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And these are some familiar verses of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And I'm going to read verses 16 through 18. I've preached from this text before, but um, I'm going to preach it a little bit different tonight. But um, the 16th the, through the 18th verse. Are you there? They'll have it up on the screen, 1 Thessalonians. There we go. Verse 16 is a real long verse. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. This is your memory verse. Can you memorize that verse? All right. <laughs> Rejoice. How often? Evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. Notice that. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How many has read those verses before? You know those verses. Amen. So in those three verses, the Apostle Paul shows us, gives us three things there that are perpetual. He gives us three different things there that are ceaseless and that are enduring. And that is number one, joy. We're to rejoice all the time, evermore, always. And we are to pray without ceasing. So prayer is to be perpetual. But then the third thing is thanksgiving is also to be 
perpetual because he said for us to, in everything, give thanks. And here are three things that are listed here in this passage that should always be prevalent in the life of the child of God, in the life of the believer. And so tonight, I want to focus in just, you know, I've preached before a message on pray without ceasing and how it's sandwiched in between rejoicing every morning and everything give thanks. So how do you pray without ceasing? You pray without ceasing by always rejoicing and always giving thanks. That's praying without ceasing. You need to be doing that all the time, amen? But I want to focus on that aspect of thanksgiving, of giving thanks all the time. Because when we think of what Paul's saying here, when you, when you focus on this particular verse of Scripture, where he said, in everything give thanks, and we think about what he's saying to us in this verse, it seems to have a little bit of a flavor of impossibility about it. Because the first thing that we want to think, well, I just don't think that I can do that. I don't know how it would be possible for me to always rejoice. You mean I'm never supposed to complain about anything? Just rejoice all the time? Well, I'm just reading to you out of the Bible. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but it does seem to have a little bit of, of, an, of a note of impossibility. Well, pastor, can we really do that? And many of us just accept the fact that this aspect of perpetually, uh, continually giving thanks and rejoicing is something that's just unattainable to us. So what we do, we just go through life without enjoying the blessings of having a life of gratitude. And I believe with all of my heart tonight that this is something that God wants you and I to have in our life is a, is a life of thanksgiving and a life of gratitude. But we know something tonight. We know that the Lord, you know, He's honest, the Lord is fair, and the Lord is never going to command us to do something that we're not able to do. Do you agree with that? God's not, you know, you wouldn't do that to your, ch to your child, you know. Command them to do something that you knew that they didn't have the ability to do and then, and then get on to them for not doing it. Well, that wouldn't be right. And so the Lord's the same way. He's a, lot more, uh, he's a lot more honest and fair with us than we are. Can you, can you say amen? So he's not going to tell us to do something that's impossible for us to do. If God gives us this, this order and this command here in 1 Thessalonians, then he, he expects us to carry that out. And so this is what Paul believed. Paul believed, the apostle Paul believed, that it, was, that it was possible to make every single day of our life a day of thanksgiving. Every single day of our life a day of thanksgiving. He believed that. I don't believe there was any, any, any man on the face of the earth outside other than the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, who was perfect. But I don't believe there was anybody that was any greater of an example of what a Christian life should be than was the Apostle Paul. He lived a life that was so close to the Lord Jesus Christ. He even, he lived so close to the Lord, Paul did, that he wrote to the church and told the churches, you follow me as I follow Christ. Isn't that what he said? That's how close he walked to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And he believed that it was possible to make every single day a day of thanksgiving. He was, he was really serious about this exhortation in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul didn't hold this as just being a theory. He didn't think that it was just a good idea, although it is a good idea and for us to be always thankful. But it wasn't just a theory or a good idea to the Apostle Paul, but this was Paul's own personal experience in his life. In other words, Paul wasn't writing here and telling this church at Thessalonica to do something that he hadn't done himself or wasn't doing himself. This was his, his personal experience in his everyday walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you study the life of Paul, you find him in a lot of various circumstances in his life. You read when he's writing to Timothy and uh, you find Paul without his cloak. You find Paul without his books and without his parchments. You even find him on occasion without his friends where everyone had left him and everyone had forsaken him. And he said at my first answer, he said when he stood before the king, he said, no one stood with me, but everyone left me. You find him without his freedom, locked up in prison and the, the dungeons and the prisons of those days were not, um, anything like the prisons that we have today. And you find him without all these things, but you know what? There's never one time in reading or studying in the Bible about, uh, about uh, Paul's life, you never ever find him, no matter what his circumstances are, you never find Paul without his song of thanksgiving. Can I get an amen? He's always thanking the Lord. You know, we've talked about it a lot. He'll and Silas in that Philippian jail and uh, beaten and whipped. I mean, you know, their backs are bloody and their feet are put in the stocks in the inner dungeon at midnight. But at midnight, they sang, they prayed and they sang praises to God in the midst of adverse circumstances. So what I'm telling you here is that Paul always exemplified what he's teaching here. He gave thanks in everything. Can I get an amen tonight? So this is more than just some good advice. And it is good advice to always be thankful. It's good advice. But we're not talking about just good advice tonight, amen? I'm not just giving you some good advice. Paul's not good, just giving you some excellent advice. But it's far more than advice. What we're reading here in 1 Thessalonians 5 is a command of the Lord. He's speaking by the Spirit of God. What he's recording and writing here in 1 Thessalonians is not just a suggestion, it's an imperative. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. Not if you think it's a good idea, it's not just good advice, but this is a command from the Lord. It's not something, listen to me saints, this is not something that is just optional that we can take it or leave it as it suits us, but it's something that the Lord, the Holy Spirit through the apostle has commanded the church to do. Is this okay for just a little devotional? tonight? 
We've been commanded to do that. So if you, look, look, look. If this is an imperative, if this is a commandment, if this is given to us and, and God the Holy Ghost has said to us, give thanks in everything, if we refuse then to be thankful, we would then be disobedient to the Word of God. Well, praise God. Y'all looking at me like a calf at a new gate. Never heard anything like that. Well, it's, it, 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 would be, it would be refusing to be obedient to refuse to be thankful. Can you agree with that? Okay, so if it's a command and we don't obey the command... To him that knows, let me make it as plain as that. To him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it's what? Yeah, help me preach, okay? See, you know, the Bible says um, in, in Isaiah chapter one, Isaiah said to the people that if you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And they had, they had turned their backs upon the Lord. They had... And they had backslidden away from the Lord and they were everything but obedient to the Lord or willing to be obedient. And he told them that the key to their blessing was they were gonna have to obey the Lord. You can't, listen, we're not gonna enjoy the blessing of God in our life and be disobedient to God at the same time. God, God doesn't bless disobedience. Are you with me on that? He just doesn't. So, you know, we've got to walk in obedience to the Lord. And he told them if they were willing and obedient, they would eat the good of the land. But he said, if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword. And he said, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so he's, he's, he's serious about what he's, what he's talking about here. And so the Lord will not, again, he will not command us to do something that's impossible to do. So he wants us to be thankful. He's commanded us to be thankful. But notice, 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 not only is it a command of God, but notice the, the wide scope of this command. Notice the wide scope in those two words. He tells us to give thanks, but notice what he says to give thanks for or how often to give thanks. In two words, in everything, in all things, in everything, give thanks. Oh, well, Brother Rick, I don't know, man. That's, that's just too much. That's, that seems impossible to the believer. And, and you say, well, it'd just be impossible to do. You know, God's always calling us to do the impossible. And when he calls us to do that, listen, to the world, there's no way the world can do this. And there's no way that the church or the believer, the child of God can do it unless we have the help and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to enable us to do it. But how many of y'all believe that, it, yeah, it may seem impossible, but do you believe that God would give us the grace to be thankful? in all things and to thank him in every situation. Do you believe that tonight? I believe that he can do that. As I say, I told you, I'm, I'm first one to fess up. There's a lot of times I have to go to the Lord and say, I blew it again. I know, don't look at me saying, no, nobody else has done that. Forgive me, Lord. Help me here in this situation to be thankful but God's always asking us, 
and requiring us to do the things that are impossible. When he, when he healed the paralyzed man, uh, you know, he said, take up your bed and walk. When he, when he met the, the guy in the, in, the, in the synagogue with the withered hand, and he said, stretch out your hand. Well, he's telling him to do something he can't do. He's telling him to do something that's impossible. The lame man couldn't walk, but when he obeyed the Lord... Hallelujah, the power of God was there. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to step out on raw faith and obedience and do it with, well, I don't feel like being thankful. Well, I don't feel like praising the Lord. But you just got to step out in faith and obedience and do it just because the Bible says praise God and the feelings will come a little later on down the road. Can I get an amen? Go ahead and give the Lord a praise. Woo, Hallelujah. Amen. So he says in everything, not, listen, here's where a lot of folks miss it. Not giving thanks for everything, but giving thanks in everything. In other words, there are some things that happens in our life that Satan brings into our lives. Are you listening? And I'm not going to thank God for something the devil's doing to me. But I can, not for that situation, but I can thank God in the midst of that situation. Do you see the difference? Hallelujah. It's in every situation that we're to give thanks. In everything, in every situation. I don't know. Let me, let me read this 18th verse to you from the Amplified Translation. It says it this way. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. See, no matter what the circumstances may be. So that means that we're thankful in the joy things and we're thankful. And it's easy to be thankful in the joy things. When everything's going good, we can all do that part, can't we? We can praise God when everything's good and the sun's shining and you got plenty of money in your pocket and, and all the bills are paid and uh, the kids are all behaving and everything's going good and, and, and you know the sun is shining. You can thank God in those joyful things, but you know what? When you're, thank, when you're thankful in everything, that means you don't only thank God and, uh, in, the, in, the, in the joyful things, but you also are thankful to God in the sorrowful things. You're thankful in the laughter things, but you're also thankful in the tearful things and the tearful situations in life, in the things that are bright and, and sunshiny, but also in the things and in the times when it's dark and it's bleak and it's night and you don't understand and everything just seems to be falling apart. It's in those times as well this scripture says to give thanks to him in every situation and in every circumstance amen, amen. well I'm telling you what if we can learn this to do this the devil won't be able to handle you man that's worth the price of admission right there <laughs> Praise God. You got to be thankful 
when you succeed and also when you're facing apparent defeat in your life and failure in your life in everything. You're thankful when all your friends are patting you on the back and telling you what a blessing you are and they're throwing bouquets of flowers at you. But then you're also got to be thankful when they're talking bad about you. And instead of throwing flowers, they're throwing mud. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to learn how to be thankful in those situations as well. So this gratitude that Paul's talking about is not a child of circumstances. And Paul in his epistles and in his writings is always praising the Lord. And the praise, the reason for his praise is not because all is going well. It's not because everything was going good in his life. You know, we've got that, some, of this, some of this teaching that goes around today, um, you know, from some of the Word of Faith camps is that if you just learn how to make the, say the right things and make the right confessions and all of this, that you can avert all this trouble. That if you've got a problem in your life, it's just because you didn't have enough faith to overcome that or to keep that out of your life. I wish somebody had told the Apostle Paul that. Isn't that a shame? That the Apostle Paul didn't have very much faith. Because I can tell you one thing, he didn't always have things rosy and he didn't always have things going well in his life you read in the Bible where Paul was shipwrecked and Paul was stoned and Paul was whipped and Paul was beaten and Paul was hounded by the enemy and he was in prison and they locked him up and at last they put him on Nero's chopping block and cut his, severed his head and, and, and he was martyred for Christ but I tell you in all that he went through and in all they did to him they never could kill his praise. They never could kill his gratitude. They never could kill his thanksgiving to the Lord. He still gave thanks in every situation that he found himself in. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we were talking about this verse of scripture before, before service tonight in Habakkuk chapter three, the prophet Habakkuk. And uh, I told Brother Jim, I said, well, what's ironic about that? I've got this verse in my notes tonight in this message. But Habakkuk, the prophet, you can read his, his book, his prophecy, three chapters, won't take you very long. But Habakkuk was going through a difficult time. He did not understand why some things were happening and taking place in his life, why some things were happening in Israel. His biggest concern was, you know, because God had showed him that he was going to use the Babylonians to come in and to, uh, to take captive Israel and, and that they were going to be decimated by their enemy. And uh, Habakkuk couldn't understand that. And he's praying and he's asking God about it. And God revealed to him some things and showed him some things, but Habakkuk prayed through. Here's the bottom line. Habakkuk prayed through about the things that were bothering him. And in that third chapter, he writes this. He says this. He says in verse 17, he said, here's the way that it is. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, 
and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herds in the stall. He's talking about everything going down the tubes, isn't he? Everything, the crops have failed, the olives have failed, the flocks have died, there's no herds left, they've lost everything. Sounds kind of like what, what Job went through. But he said, even though all of this shall take place and everything goes bad in my life, look what he says, here's what I'm gonna do, yet, in spite of all of the bad that comes, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. Notice that was a decision that Habakkuk made himself. He said, yet in spite of all the trouble, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Because see, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if the fig tree doesn't blossom. It doesn't matter if there's no olives in the, in the olive tree and there's no grapes in the vineyard. And it doesn't matter if all the flocks have died and all the ox are not in the stall anymore. The thing that matters is this, that Habakkuk said, I will rejoice. Why? Because he is the God of my salvation. I may have lost it all, but I still got the Lord. I'm still saved. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm on my way to heaven, and as long as I got the Lord, it doesn't matter what I don't have, I can still praise him and shout glory unto God. Can you give him a praise tonight? <laughs> Woo! Oh, he said in that 19th verse, he said, he said, he'll make my feet like hinds feet, like deer's feet. You know, brother Eric and you guys, have you ever seen those, man, when those deer take off, they can go up a hill just poof. Boom, boom, about three jumps, man. There, there. And, and Habakkuk said, he's gonna make my feet, God is, like deer's feet. And I'll just fly up to the high places. He's gonna lift me up no matter what I may be going through. If I will rejoice in him, he will pick me up and set me in the high places with him. Oh, man. I'm glad we had church tonight. Hallelujah. Listen. This, what Paul said, is an attainable standard for the child of God. You can do this. And I know the devil's sitting there telling a lot of people, you can't do that. You can do this because the Bible says you can do this. Because he will never call us to do what he will not give us the grace to be able to accomplish what he's told us to do. His grace is sufficient in every situation. Amen? Amen. See this gratitude and continuous perpetual thanksgiving is a product of our faith. Faith always praises the Lord. Do you agree with that? Faith always praises the Lord. See, if you get to the place, come to that place where you can give thanks 
in everything and in every situation. It will be because you have got to a place where you have a real good grip on the Lord. You're in a place, whoo, hallelujah, where your faith is anchored in Jesus. Oh, that old song, you know, says, I've anchored in Jesus. The storms of life I'll brave. I've anchored in Jesus. I'll fear no wind or wave. Oh, I've anchored in Jesus, for He has power to save. I'm anchored in the rock of ages. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. When you get to the place where you can give thanks, when we get to that place, then we've got a grip, a vital, real, good faith grip on God. It's because we believe that we actually literally believe Romans 8, 28. Y'all know what Romans 8, 28 is? And we know, Paul said. Didn't say we hope so or think so. He said, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. He didn't say that all things that happen to us are good, but what He did say was that if you get a hold of God you and you love Him and you are serving Him and you are called of Him, that it doesn't make any difference what the devil brings in your life to try to bring you down or destroy you. If you will continue to trust in the Lord, God is able to take all the bad stuff in your life and work it together and bring it together to cause it to be good in your life to work all things together for your good. See, I don't care. It doesn't matter what kind of difficulty you're going through or hard thing you're going through or trial that you're going through. And there's things that you don't understand. But I'm telling you, if you believe Romans 8, 28, that God is able to take it and work it out for your good, then you can give thanks in every situation, in every problem, in the midst of all your trials, you can count it all joy when you fall into those divers temptations. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Got the sniffles tonight. I hate trying to preach with the sniffles. Thanksgiving always gives expression to your faith. It was when, when Abraham in Romans 4, it was when Abraham believed God. And it said that Abraham was strong in faith, Paul said, giving glory to God. That's praise, that's thanksgiving. He was giving glory to God because he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Has God made you a promise? Has God promised you some things? Do you believe? Are you fully persuaded tonight 
that he's able to bring those things to pass in your life and make it happen for you? Are you do you believe that tonight? That says you're strong in faith. And it said that Abraham, being strong in faith, gave glory to God. What was he doing? He was thanking God for the promise. He was thanking God for working things out. He was praising God that everything was going to be all right. Hallelujah. Well, that's what we've got to do. Give expression to our faith through thanksgiving. Through thanksgiving, through perpetual, continuous, everlasting, everyday thanksgiving to the Lord. When you, when you roll out in the morning and your feet hit the floor, you need to say, thank you, Jesus. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. I'm going to thank you, Jesus. Just get a good start on it right there, okay? Amen. When you start doing that, the devil says, oh, no. They're up again. They're praising God already. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, last point, my last point. There's good reason to obey this command. Well, there's a lot of good reasons too. But here's the best reason. The, the best reason to give thanks in everything. Somebody said, well, why should I? And Paul answers it there. And he says, for this is the will of God. Oh, hallelujah. Now that ought to settle it right there. For this is the will of God. Rejoicing evermore, praying without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God, what's your will for my life? My will, God says, for your life is for you to thank me all the time. For you to praise me and pray without ceasing and give thanks. That's the will of God. I can't think of any better reason than that reason right there. Paul said that he was going to be thankful to the Lord in everything simply because God wanted him to be. And that ought to be enough. That is the mark of true Christian character and spiritual growth. When we, when we are in that place in our walk with the Lord and as Christians, when, we are, we're, when we're always complaining all the time, that's, that's a mark of, of spiritual childhood. Boy, it got quiet all of a sudden. When we get to this place where we can think, thank God for everything, that's a sign. It's a mark that we're growing in the things of God. When I was, I mentioned this, I think, to the prayer group the other day. When I was growing up, my mom, you know, she, uh, I've got pictures of me when I was just a little bitty thing. She'd dress me up, man, in those little shorts and little jackets and bow ties and hats. And I mean, man, I was decked out. But she, <laughs> but she always, but she taught me manners. She taught me to say please and to say thank you and to say yes, ma'am. And no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. She taught me those things. And you know what? They're still a part of my life. I still 
to say yes ma'am and thank you and uh, I remember one time we were at we were at a uh, a grocery store. I was just, I was so little, I was so small. This is amazing how you, some things you can remember. I was so small that I was in the, in that, in the shopping cart. That's how little I was. I don't get in shopping carts anymore. And, uh, <laughs> but I was in the shopping cart and we were at the meat counter at a grocery store and the, the meat man, that was when the meat man would cut your meat and all that. And, and he was there and he pulled out a, a, a pack, a yellow pack of juicy fruit gum and gave me a piece of that gum. And um, I, I was told, I was told, what do you say to the nice man? And I didn't say nothing. And I was, I, was, that was, I was told that the second time. What do you say, Ricky, to the nice man? I just had lockjaw. I didn't say nothing. You know what happened? The gum went back to the nice man, and I didn't get my juicy fruit gum. Do you know sometimes I believe that's what happens with us in the spiritual realm as well. I read a, I read a story about I read a story about a little boy that um, that was with his mom, same kind of situation, and. And, and they were at a fruit stand. And the guy at the fruit stand handed the little boy an orange. And he had that orange and a big smile on his face. And his mom said to him, said, what do you say to the nice man? And the little boy stuck the orange out to him and said, peel it. <laughs> amen. Well, I bet he lost his orange. Can I get an amen tonight? See, you know, that's the thing, though. We to have a tendency to get in that realm of the flesh where we're not thankful. Oh, God is saying, as you grow up, as you develop in the Lord, as you grow your faith, that you get to that place where you can be thankful in every situation in your life. Amen? It's, that, it's when we get there that God makes us useful Christians because thankful Christians are encouragers. Thankful Christians bless other people. Story in the Bible. I'll close with this. Story in the Bible where Jesus, one day it's in Luke chapter 17, there were 10, 10, gotta use both hands for that, don't I? 10. Ten lepers, ten leprous men stood afar off from the Lord and they cried out for Jesus to heal them and to make them clean. And Jesus said to those ten lepers, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was an act of faith for them to obey him and to start to, the, to go show themselves to the priest because when a leper was cleansed, that was under the law. They went to the priest and the priest would examine them and he would declare them clean, declare them cleansed. They could go back home to their families and all of that. And so they still had leprosy in their body, but Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest and they obeyed. They didn't say, well, we're not healed yet. They just obeyed and they went. And the Bible said that as they went, I don't know how far they'd got down the road, but as they went, all ten of them were healed. Whew. 
man, their leprosy. All of a sudden, these lepers looked down and the leprosy was gone. It was gone from their body. All 10 of them were cleansed. And that's a great miracle. But you know what the sad thing is about that story? Only one turned around, one of those lepers turned around and ran back to where Jesus was and fell down at his feet and gave him thanks for his healing. The other nine went on their merry way and Jesus, it bothered him. That bothered him. Because do you know what Jesus said? That, that one man was down there and he was a Samaritan and he was thanking the Lord. And Jesus said this. He said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Oh, that question. Where are the nine? I wonder how many times he says that about his church today. When he does so many wonderful things for us and we fail to come back and to give him thanks for all that he's done in our life. And you know what? The Bible says about that one leper that came back and gave thanks. It says that Jesus said to him, your faith has made you whole. I just believe that he got something extra he got, he got forgiven, he got saved, he got made completely whole. The others, nine, were cleansed. But I believe that when this man was made whole, I believe that refers to the fact that maybe because of the leprosy, a piece of his nose was gone, or maybe a piece of his ear, or his digits, yeah. And, and Jesus said, you know what? You've come back and given thanks. Your faith's made you whole. I believe he was fully restored. Maybe the other nine were too. I don't have any proof of that, but I do know it says they were cleansed and he was made whole. And I do believe that when we are thankful for the things God does for us, he will do more for us. He will do more in our lives as, as we are thankful in every thing and in every situation. Do you believe it today? Praise God. Well, let's stand tonight and let's worship the Lord. I'm just going to call for, a, uh, for us to come tonight and uh, just have a, a little time of prayer and uh, to seek the Lord. You know, um, I would like very much for this crowd right here to see a crowd like this in one of our prayer services. Wouldn't that be awesome? Amen. I know everybody can't come, but, but this is an opportunity for us tonight as a body of believers to come around the altars, to come into the presence of the Lord, and to spend some time in prayer. We need to be praying in these last days that we're in, praying for our church one of the things that we pray for all the time and we have on our prayer list, we pray for all the time in our prayer meetings. So we're praying for Abundant Life Family Church. We're praying for revival. We're praying for our community. We're praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're praying for lost souls. We need to get a burden for that and we all as a church need to begin to cry out to the Lord. And just let it be a time of we come around here and pray and give thanks to the Lord and worship Him and and tarry in His presence and wait upon the Lord. The Bible says they that wait 
upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to come tonight. Let's come in around this altar and let's